Hello and welcome to Bullet Points. This is the podcast that you know, that we know. It's usually about games that have guns in them. And boy, this time, this this episode, this installment, have we picked a game what's got some guns in it. Uh, I'm joined, as ever, well, mostly. Where, who are you? I'll, Let's I'm, introduce I'm, you first. I was going to go last. I'm, I'm Reed McCarthy. Oh. I've... I've been on this podcast for a long time. I think I've been on every episode <laughs> of this podcast, which is disappointing. That seems likely, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> never. Uh, I never get to have the lovely experience of sitting back and listening to our discussion. Instead, I have to engage, always. Um, so, who's that voice that I hear piping into my ears? Um, I'm Astrid Budgore. And I am a newly minted co-editor of Bullet Points and now a regular Bullet Points podcast guest. No, this is your podcast now, actually. This is <laughs> yours, and you have to <laughs> assume full ownership of it. Did your uh, health benefits come through, by the way? Uh, we can talk about that after the show. Okay. Okay, yeah, just let us know, though, because if you're not getting... It's supposed to be like 85% of your prescriptions and stuff, so... <laughs> dental is yeah uh we also have another guest with us who is uh decidedly not part of bullet points uh he's only allowed to flit around the edges uh because any closer and we i don't know there was a moth and sun analogy that i couldn't figure out ethan gatch staff writer at kotaku ethan how are you i'm great thank you both for welcoming me on to this prestigious radio program uh, i know <laughs> we're coming to everyone live that's right this is live on fm radio so please keep the cursing to a listen minute. to a, a lot of fresh air before we start recording so i'd be practiced that's right and uh yeah uh astrid's also going to go on to this after and, and put in sound effects so if you want to describe like a bounce in your step or anything we're prepared for that <laughs> It's not been a bounce in my step since the day I was born. <laughs> Wait, you were you were a walking baby. <laughs> of course. <laughs> a walking, springing baby. Um, so, as you can probably guess by uh, the title of this podcast on your, on your podcast playing device, uh, we are here, we are gathered uh, at the at the tower. Uh, looking, <laughs> <laughs> looking up, we guardians have come together to share in the, the light of the traveler to discuss Destiny 2, which uh, you may not be able to tell from the name, but is a sequel to 2014's Destiny. Um, it is a game that probably doesn't need too much introduction to Good. people listening to this. I feel like Destiny has uh, has. has just sort of become this this thing that even if you don't play it, you you know what it is to some degree. Um, yeah. And so that's, cultural phenomenon is how I would describe it. Inescapable. It it's it's inescapable. It's unavoidable. It's life, death, taxes, and destiny. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I don't think let's let's not waste too much time uh, going over what it is. I guess we can just start and. And maybe talk in broad terms about what we think of this game. And uh, as per Bullet Points tradition, let's go to Ethan first. 
and yeah. say, Ethan, do you like Destiny 2? Do you not like Destiny 2? Discuss. So, when I am playing... there's Alright. It's like when you're looking at a menu at a restaurant and you're thinking of all the things you might eat and what it might feel like to eat them and you're riding high on all of those possibilities. That's how I feel when I sit down to play Destiny and then when I'm actually playing it and when I actually stop playing it I just feel absolutely terrible like I just had the <laughs> worst food poisoning in the world hmm. not physically but of my soul and it's been depleted of any kind of uh, hope and inspiration and excitement um, Yeah. I really hate this game <laughs> and I think more so a lot of people want to like there's a destiny subreddit and it's just destiny and it applies to both destiny one and destiny two for me there's a clear divide between both games and so when i say i hate destiny two i am increasingly hateful of it in distinction with destiny one and my experiences with that first game which i still like look back on fondly and especially now in the holiday season because I have very strong memories of playing Destiny 1 a lot during the December of the year it came out. I am going around the game now, Destiny 2, and like constantly thinking of what I was actually doing in Destiny 1 at this time, and just sort of longingly looking back on that, and it's just become this sort of perverse, like, because Destiny 2 is by all measure a better game, and I think to its detriment, it's it's, it's to its detriment that it's a better game, honestly. And I, I can try to unpack that, whatever that's supposed to mean later on. But it's like... Yeah. Well, I, mean, I just I feel sick. Like, it's just so sweet at this point. It's like playing a Blizzard game, and I just... it It's disgusting. Um, I, well, I was... I'm trying to think of... Maybe we should save some of this, because I think some of the, the relationship between Destiny 1 and 2 is... Is actually. Wait, you just want to talk about the New Testament without talking about the Old Testament? You can't split them up. <laughs> it, yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense if you if you don't. It's the same thing too. The Messiah was Destiny too, right? And it, it cleared out everything that happened before. Rebooted. I think the Messiah was actually Troy Baker. He started voicing the ghost. That was that became like the the beginning of the end. What kind of fan are you? It's uh, it's Nolan North. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I knew as soon as I said his name, I was like, it's probably the other white dude. I don't even the slightly even older remember. Naughty Dog stalwart. Right. <laughs> Come on. If you out. told me though, if you told me that like at some point in like the Destiny Two DLC, they switched it to Troy Baker, <laughs> I probably would believe you because that sounded right to me. <laughs> well, yeah, they've yeah. That's the uh, that would be a DLC, right? I can talk like uh, Joel from The Last of Us. It'd be a PS4 exclusive. Yeah, I guess like a voice pack. They should be doing that. Come on. If there was a Rick and Morty voice pack, oh, oh my god. god, I would, I would be so overjoyed. If your ghost <laughs> the whole time was just berating you and just putting you down and just being like, "Yo, uh, fuck you, you're dumb, life's meaningless," I'd be like, "All right, this is this feels true to to my experience of the game." But your guardian's silent, so I can't be saying, can't be going, oh, geez, all the time. 
which would yeah. um listen i know you're trying to make our podcast more popular on the internet ethan and i thank you for that but instead of talking about rick and morty voice packs <laughs> for destiny <laughs> astrid what did yeah, you put think that, put that tag in the in the podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now we can legitimately tag rick and morty on every episode <laughs> uh astrid what do you think of this um so i have the good fortune of having already written my piece for the site bulletpointsmonthly.com and i basically i sort of have the same feeling as ethan i think that like i had some anticipation for destiny 2 because i do i'm fond of the first game in a lot of ways i don't know there's just i think it was ambitious and obviously failed to live up to that specific ambition in a lot of ways, but also I played a lot of Crucible in that game, and it always just had this like fast food appeal to it, like how McDonald's has a certain flavor that you find yourself inexplicably craving, even though you know it's like not nutritious and it's uh, not organic and it's not farm to table, but it has a certain appeal that you can just jump in and play a little Destiny and come out of it having like won the match or whatever and you get your awards and you feel good. But Destiny 2, and I'm not really sure why this is either, it just feels a lot more crass and a lot less tight. Like when I play multiplayer, it feels like the game itself is like half as fast. And, like, the guns are, like, pretty much just reskins of the guns from the first game. And you get, like, really shitty drops at the end of multiplayer matches. You'll get, like, a missile launcher you already have and a bunch of stupid tokens that you have to go back to the tower to, like, turn in. And it just all feels like... I don't know. It feels like they just reheated the first game, but, like, somehow they left out some of the, like, good bits. I don't know. It's very strange, this game. I know what you mean by that. I think I like Good. it a lot. Maybe not a lot more than, than both of you, but I'm, I'm, I'm positive on this game. I'm definitely not in the uh, Ethan verse of you know, <laughs> saying that this dog Did... has, ruined, <laughs> has ruined your holiday season <laughs> for you. <laughs> Did you. Did you play a lot of the first game? I mean, well, that's the thing. Right, like I played, I played the first one, like right when it came out. Oh shit, we played the beta together. I yeah, about that. Ethan and mm. I are uh, <laughs> we're OG guardians, uh, original okay. guardians, actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. And like I played that beta, and I was kind of thinking, like, oh god, I'm, I was scared that it was going to be Borderlands ish. Um, yeah, because I I can't abide Borderlands. Um, <laughs> But it, it had a little something else to it. Um, part of that is the thing that if we try to describe on a podcast for a long time, it would be, I don't know, probably useless, but trying to describe the way the guns and the movement feels in this game, especially the guns. The shooting stuff in these games feels, I think, fantastic. Um, yeah. But the numbers that pop out of everything was kind of, I don't know, it's always been a bit of a turnoff to me. Like, it's, it's satisfying for a second, but then it's just... You know, it's this 
awful realization that this is going to be a game where it's like also a spreadsheet even though it has this sort of primal joy of just like you know looking at something and making it fall down um, yeah over and over I and think over. I think the numbers thing is like sort of it's not a bluff but it is sort of like a they they stole a little bit of like RPG valor there because like I've never there's like two settings for the numbers it's like one you're clearly never going to kill this guy and two you're fine like you're either doing enough damage or you're not that's true that's I've true. never been like oh shit but, I just went from like 30 to 35 here we the, go the, like the irony of the numbers is that if Bungie's you know quote unquote doing its job balancing the game then no matter what weapon you choose, you should always be doing the same or around the same DPS, and which right. just makes the numbers like, all right, so what, what are you actually showing me? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, the thing is, the numbers, I, I halfway don't see them when you play long enough, and I imagine that's probably a decent amount of people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, you when the you mentioned them just now, yeah, I was yeah, like, wait, exactly. there's numbers? <laughs> um, but it's... I, I think for me the thing, and this this was the case in Destiny One as well. I had you know sort of these reservations, and I played through you know the main story stuff and all the whatever everything except for the raid pretty much, and you know played a mm-hmm. decent chunk of the multiplayer, and I liked the multiplayer a lot in that as well. Um, but then the game starts asking you to do things that I just had absolutely no interest in doing, um, and I know a lot of people got angry about this. They were like. You know, um, you have to start replaying things over and over and doing this and that and the other uh, to get this end game stuff. But for me, and this is how I feel about all these kind of like, you know, it feels gross to say, but like loot, loot games, is that like, I don't give a shit after a certain point because I yeah. feel no draw toward being the most powerful. <laughs> like, and A, I'm not going to be the most powerful, whatever because there's, you know, like you know, thousands and thousands of people playing this. So I, I'm not as wild as, as some person's going to be playing this forever. Um, so, but that didn't bother me so much in the first Destiny. I stopped playing it uh, when I was finished, and then I, this summer, for some reason, decided to go back and play all the expansion stuff, too. Um, mm-hmm. And it was good. I don't know, I liked it. I like just sort of the... There's just sort of something kind of like relaxing to it. It's it's never difficult enough to um, to be frustrating if you're just playing through the story stuff and playing multiplayer and everything. But it's it's never also easy enough that it's just like I don't know. It just has this nice in between kind of sit there and zone out and just look at things. And it's yeah, some of the places you go are gorgeous and everything. But anyway, so the second one, I don't know. It's I kind of feel the same way about it to be honest. I think Astrid, you're right that the multiplayer isn't as good. Um, I, I don't... Well, they do... Yeah. I mean, they do some just, like, dumb things with this game that, like, from, like, a... I don't even know how to describe Just, like, a user interface level are just way worse than they were in the first game. And I just don't know why they would do certain things unless to fix them later. Like, just... Like, I don't know. Well, stuff and they look like, like yeah. Well, yeah, you can't select multiplayer match types, and I'm pretty sure in the first game when you did like, um, when you like built reputation for people, it just wasn't it just tallying automatically, like once you did certain things for them. I 
maybe. As opposed to what? Well, in this game, you get tokens. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just, it, you did the thing, and then you got the points, and they accrued. Right. But in this game, you get tokens, which yeah, you then have to go back to the tower and just hand them. So it just, like, adds an extra step, which I think is intended to make the tower, which is, like, the hub area of the game, feel like a useful space, because otherwise it's not, because there's no real social element to that mm, space to speak of. So you just I, have to go back and Astrid, press square. Because remember, oh yeah, I know you had a lot of fun there. We but... were playing Destiny, and we played the floor as lava <laughs> together. And <laughs> we had a great time. Remember? You remember? Yeah, alright, I take it back. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you to be an idiot. No, but that was that was basically it. Like, the tokens thing just feels like such a I don't know. Yeah. Well, if, so if, unnecessary layer. So one thing to Reed's point about being the most powerful player, uh, trying to be the most powerful player in Destiny or whatever that sort of overall MMO draw is, is like being that uh, that idiot in the sales office who blows all of his effort on the numbers for one month, and then it's like, all right, well, dude, you just got to do this again the next month. So like, what do you, you like? <laughs> there's this there's this cruel cycle in destiny where you could bust your ass to try and get to the max you know basically max out all the numbers of your character and weapons and whatever and there's this space between 95 percent and 100 percent that takes forever to get through (laughs) but as soon as the next piece of dlc or the next expansion comes all of that space evaporates yeah. and it becomes the right. next five percent of that of that <laughs> you know the 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 tip of the next iceberg and it's just it's this absurd cycle that isn't interesting in any way because you know so for me the the worst problem destiny's ever had is that you can't customize your character everyone's chasing the same exact stuff they're right. one blanket number and there's no interest it's not like every every other mmo is about oh what class are you playing what race are you playing like oh i'm an elf who like plays the guitar and like i give my <laughs> friends buffs by singing songs or whatever mm-hmm. there's, there's all these other interesting things and i think out of a, a a worry about appealing to regular mass gamers just walking into a GameStop or whatever uh Bungie has never wanted to make that kind of customization of focus in the game. And so a lot of those MMO elements are just kind of uh, pseudo. They, they exist in a weird pseudo state. Right. And so They're it, sort it of just, like, they appear. Yeah. Right. And so it becomes like, well, what. It would be so easy if I could actually just build out a character in a specific way I wanted to, and then it wouldn't matter about getting from, you know, 300 to 310 or whatever. But because that's not a thing that exists. You do end up, you know, you end up sitting on this merry-go-round day in and day out, trying to grab these brass rings for something well, that's never going to happen and doesn't even matter. Yeah. So, this is kind of what I think about this, and I think this may have something to do with why I'm like, you know, the first game came out and it was famously, you know, all over <laughs> CNN and everything. Um, but people people were saying like there's not enough game here blah 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 you know this is they I, I wanted more than this and I, I didn't 100% get that I, I kind of thought well you know I, I did the stuff there was to do and that was fine it, it kind of just felt like playing any other shooter and you could play the multiplayer for as long as you want and everything 
and in this one as well, I kind of feel like, well, I, you know, I played quite a bit of it, and maybe I'll pop in a few more times and check stuff out, and maybe down the road I'll play these expansions if, if uh, you know, they're considered worth playing um, by by good sources, by my trusted sources. But <laughs> I, but the you know this MMO end game stuff is there right it's it's there so the game is kind of telling you go and do this it's not kind of telling you it is telling you go and do this yeah. uh, keep playing this forever and i wonder how how much destiny both destinies kind of defeat themselves by by saying we're going to be your game forever and and mm-hmm. you're going to play this every day because i halfway think you know like ethan you're talking about um you know the stuff where you're you're kind of crunching toward like the top and how maybe that would be better if if it was sort of more like you're you're creating a unique character rather than just trying to hit that that top number. But I also I don't know, maybe this sounds too cynical or something, but not cynical, but I I, I just I almost wonder why why anyone needs that. You know? Is that too like I wonder if my mind's just closed to certain things of this because I have never really fully understood the appeal of like an MMO in in that sense. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I think the the like reaching that top number has never like specifically appealed to me, but I do get caught up in like dismantling my gear to like get everything up to the same level and like keeping tabs on that stuff. Even though and this is another thing maybe we can talk about, but even though the leveling system in this game is like kind of like laughable and pointless like the first game had the system where you sort of level up and then after that you just get rewards instead of like new levels but in this one they give you like cosmetic boxes and yeah, it's it, weird it just feels completely it's like, like <laughs> i don't get it like i know there was some like pre-release thing where they were like these were they called like motes of light or was that the first game? That was the first game. These are bright engrams. Sorry, they were like the bright engrams are a great improvement, and I was like, "What? No, they're not. They just like if you accept that like these are supposed to be like rewards for your time invested, and that time people have found out is like sort of a lot longer than they thought it was because that's or Bungie has like fucked with the numbers behind the scenes to get to a certain levels, and like so these things are just like sort of like they just toss them at you to like placate you." And it's, like, completely meaningless, I think. But is that because it's all meaningless anyway? Like... Oh, for fuck's sake. No, 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 no. I'm not... <laughs> like, the, like the all the game, or... <laughs> no, no, I just mean, like, these these rewards. Like, this is kind of what I'm saying. Like, maybe the, the way to ask this is... Um, like, Ethan, when you were saying that, like, you were enjoying the first Destiny a lot, you know, this time... Uh, of the year that the first one came out so a few months after but this one isn't doing the same thing like what what was the difference uh, like what what was what was working in that first one so i've always been a fan of the original leveling system where you're and this is like uh you're not, you're, not, you're never supposed to say this, but I thought when it took like six magic shards or whatever it was to level up a piece of gear so that it was like max power, it created this this very that that was seen as like this this 
terrible, tedious process that was opaque and confusing. And one of the supposedly groundbreaking things that Destiny 1 did with its big expansion, The Taken King, was to make it so that instead of needing all of these items to power up your other items, you just collected more powerful versions of them and then you could combine the two things and then get that higher number. Right. And what came along with that was this necessity to like double and triple the amount of loot that drops, which brings in the Borderlands problem of where, you know, you'll get two, three, four times as many special engrams, purple engrams, whatever, in the game today that are just completely meaningless other than they're just another part of the treadmill that you need to break down and, and combine or do whatever as you slowly right. inch up your number. And it was basically a way for them to take that 95% to 100% problem and just make it super granular so that you're experiencing like each point of that as opposed to it like, oh, I'm, I'm stuck at this number, 300 or whatever, and then five hours later, I finally got enough crystals and my piece of gear is now maxed out. And so I'm at 315 or whatever. Like, basically, this process that originally was delayed gratification because you had to farm all of this stuff mm. in order to max it all out all at once, it became this very granular thing of every time you play, you're going to get one piece of gear that's probably a little bit better than everything else. And that's when I when I talk about, like, there's this conversation at some point. I forget. I don't know if it was Luke Smith or some other lead designer on the game was like at some point in year one of destiny because bungie is uh you know because the game is published by activision they brought in um a blizzard person to talk to them about loot progression basically and they were like hey you know we made diablo 3 everyone loved diablo 3 this is how you do loot progression and i i feel like that's basically the moment in time where this game kind of has increasingly become something i detest which is it's this i mean a lot of games are skinner boxes but it's become this sort of garish skinner box in that all the things i hate about hearthstone diablo and any other game where you know astrid's example of the bright engrams is a is perfect in that it is completely meaningless it's a cosmetic it doesn't there are so many interesting things they could do with cosmetics or with like getting a new type of ship out of this box or whatever and instead literally it's just like something you unlock you don't know what you're going to get there's these cool sounds and for like five seconds you feel like you know you're a good person and the world's okay (laughs) and they kind of did that with every part of the game where any kind of drudgery or what people perceived as drudgery they tried to make into a smaller loop so instead of being like oh for two or three hours i'm just not getting anywhere and I'm, i'm trying to get this thing but it won't drop or I need to find a public event, but I can't find one to get this, this special coin or whatever. Now it's like, oh no, you can, every three hours at like regular intervals of 15 and 30 minutes, you're going to get this drop. You're going to go through that cycle of feeling great and then needing to go on to the next thing. And it's like, it's just like, you know, if you're, it's like a, you could make a sketch, a comedy sketch about a junkie who is like taken to, you know, they're on the street doing drugs and they have their highs and lows and then all of a sudden they're taken into like 
um, Walmart or whatever, and they're like, hey, we'll like keep you safe and you know we'll dispense your drugs at regular intervals, and there'll always be doctors around and everyone to make sure you're fine, and it just become like even this terrible thing of being addicted to drugs was like made lifeless by this corporation it was like we're gonna break it down and systematize it and just uh, take this thing that was already predatory and exploitative and just make it even worse yeah i don't know that was a terrible rant but i think that's like when reed talks about uh wanting just like a good single player shooter out of the game i think there is this way in which destiny one is much closer to a regular bungee game like yes. a, a, an old Halo, where there are levels that you go through and you can shoot stuff that don't have all this other sort of Blizzard crap in them. Whereas Destiny Two is much more colorful and vibrant, and there's a lot more stuff going on. But there's no actual interest. There's nothing. There's no good level in Destiny Two. I mean, I, people could talk about the raid, but like for the most part. If you're not into the loot progression of Destiny 2, like I don't know why you would bother picking up the game. Hmm. I I don't know. There was that part when there's the big spaceship. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's stuff that looks cool, but was the actual like was it an interesting combat like no, encounter or like were I, you I don't like, think oh, I've gotta go over here and pick up this weapon and do this? It's like no, you just I don't think the first one had much of that either though, did it? I'm trying to remember. And like mostly it was just I think in the first half. Yeah, I think, uh, I, and I would also say I think Destiny One is because it feels so incomplete. Like, I, uh, yesterday I was I've been playing the Trials or the Curse of Osiris content that just came out, and I how's, keep thinking how's back that to content? the moon. It's it's <laughs> atrocious. Um, <laughs> I keep thinking back to the moon from the first game, and just like being on my little space scooter driving around in circles like all night doing like random stuff okay yeah and how much like there was an emptiness to the moon in destiny one that i think looking back was a lot more interesting somehow than the levels in destiny 2 which again are much more they're smaller and they're literally on a loop where like you run from from one public event to the other you're collecting chests along the way like there's this very tight uh loot cycle that is at the same time devoid of having any kind of interesting uh like designed element to it yeah i mean yeah I, I, maybe then maybe we should talk about because i feel like it's kind of a natural part of all of this about I mean, it's pretty clear that, Ethan, you... If you... Say you took out just all the numbers from these games, you know? Aside from <laughs> 2 on the end of Destiny 2. And, and you, you talked about them purely, you know, on a level of just... What are these games to... Ignore the, the Skinner box aspects. Ignore the, the shiny stuff popping out of boxes. And, you know, it's just a game. And here, they at the end of each level, they give you some guns to pick from. Um, without numbers on them, <laughs> clear numbers, and I wonder which one works better. Like I, I think I don't want to speak for you, but you'd probably say the first one, right, Ethan? Uh, what was, what was the first? That was the loot progression. No, just just say you took out like. Uh, oh, take out all the numbers. Yeah, so that's the option. Is yeah, and and which one kind of works better? 
just as a just as a straightforward shoot the aliens game. I don't I don't I can't comprehend the premise of your question. <laughs> that's, that, mean, that means it's a good question. Uh, it's... No, I don't think that's possible because of the way this game is built around, like Ethan said, like this sort of like subdivision of the normal, or I guess not normal, but like the loops of the first game subdivided into like smaller loops that like become, everything just becomes like its own little meter ticking up. Or like a little box opening, but you, or you, a number of tokens you access. It's just all. But I'm thinking of like what what Ethan's saying too about you could just because I do think about this, and also I don't know why they don't give you your your space scooter until the end of the game. I think that that was just <laughs> like just. I think that goes to Astrid's point about there are just a lot of things in Destiny Two that just are bad and make no sense. It's just I don't understand, <laughs> and you spend the entire game up to that point like running around the world looking at these ramps you could jump off if only you had it you know yeah it's just like it's just mean <laughs> it just seems like mean-spirited um but uh, thinking about it in the first one stuff like because you know those are some of the memories of the first one that i enjoyed like i remember going to the moon and you're doing jumps off craters and stuff like that um and, and thinking about these games purely as just spaces you're moving through you know, I, I and I would say, and this is what I was trying to ask you, Ethan. Basically, was, you know, I I would say that the first one is better just as a series of spaces to move through, you know, just as environments to explore, things to look at, and and things like that. Um, I don't I don't know, yeah. Astrid, what you think? You and I were talking about this a little bit before too. You know, I I don't. Th- no, I think I agree with that. Like the um the what was it in the first game, the dreadnought? Was that or the hive ship? The big hive yeah, ship that was um that space was actually like fairly interesting and had like little bits you could like go into and find secrets. And I don't I don't know, nothing in this game, Destiny Two, has really stuck with me the way that did. Um the uh the E D Z Earth stuff is like kind of boring and there's like an area on titan which is the uh it's like the underground city or whatever it is that that space is really cool right so it's it also feels like, like the best spot in the game because like i feel like you get there and you're like oh wow and then nothing else in the game comes close yeah like, wait what happened yeah that yeah i thought it it like looks really interesting and they're doing cool stuff with like these um broken neon screens everywhere and like these sort of like vegetation intruding on the city but it also feels like very linear like every time you go through it it's like the same like you drop down that big pit and you go underground and then there's like a boss at that it just always feels like one track through that space see that's you can't like go off and explore it really the numbers you don't need to just go through it the one time and enjoy your memories you know like so you're saying Destiny, if you play Destiny as a Halo game, basically? Yeah, that's what you gotta do. No, but you can't, because the game, it, it doesn't it doesn't want yeah. you. Yeah. It's too fucking easy. Yeah, and also, I mean... Well, that too. A, as yeah. an inveterate scrub, you know, in the first game as well, and in this one, if I just want to play through, you know, the main stuff, and just, you know, poke around at the edges once in a while, the game will stop you at certain points. Both games will do this. 
and be like, yeah. hey, t- hey, chump, you want to go here? No. Like, <laughs> you got to grind for a while. Like, I'm pretty sure I was having lots of discussions with Ethan this summer when I was playing the first one, being like, wait, can I play this? I just want to play this expansion now. Like, why won't it let me? And it's like, <laughs> these systems that it didn't explain or anything, just saying, go, no, go here and do this like 5,000 times, and then we'll let you <laughs> continue yeah. on your way. Yeah, I think the the I don't know if the game is trying to be an MMO as much as it's like forcing you to play it like an MMO because I don't feel like like none of these levels are like I don't know feel like they they feel like you're replaying shooter levels but they only want you to go to like certain parts of it like they don't feel like worlds in like world of warcraft or like anything like that it just it feels like they designed a shooter and they were like well how can we make people play this endlessly right which is kind of the pitch right but yeah but also like i do think that that has sort of been their downfall because maybe they (laughs) i don't know if they can design the necessary like worlds to have you return of the game again and again like i feel like i've been to every inch of these there's like five planets for destiny 2 and they like look really impressive like i wrote in my piece like io i think specifically is has a really cool like handle on color and like scale but what you're doing there is like going from the big arena through this tunnel or through this like sort of craggy overpass to the next arena and it just never feels like you're actually I don't know, finding anything or seeing anything new. So I halfway wonder too if there's. I was thinking this at the beginning as well when Ethan's like disgusted with this game. Apparently, <laughs> Astrid, you're like just <laughs> seem like you're just mildly dislike it, and I still kind of like it. And I wonder if that is like a uh, something you could graph where it's the amount of time put into this versus how you feel about. Yeah, it. I was gonna say it's probably just like yeah, like these games like. <laughs> Yeah. essentially punish you for giving them as much as they want you know okay. I mean I feel like people who have like maxed out their guy in Destiny 2 are like the unhappiest players because they're like they know like what they should be getting as far as XP and they're mad that Bungie is like shafting them and they're like they have all the best guns and they're just waiting for the next DLC to drop so they can bump up the but level why can't they and, play like, something else you know, this is like because <laughs> this is your hobby. But read. is that not just buying into the marketing? Like this is, I think, where I come to with all this stuff about Destiny is. I I felt like the I still feel like almost like there's something wrong with me for it. There are lots of things I don't like about these games, but I also feel like if you just give them as much as you're willing to give them, and but you have to like sort of actively work to ignore the way that they try to hook you into certain things but it, but if you just kind of treat yeah. them like oh whatever you know let's just pick this up and, and play it for even like 20 hours which is you know quite a bit to play a, play a shooter like this I feel like you don't get burned you know like but it's also not like that great like I mean not that like playing it for 100 hours makes it like you unlock like the best version of the game but I think if you sort of limit yourself to just like I'm gonna treat Destiny Two like just like a twenty hour game, like you end up just you feel incomplete. Your light levels at like one sixty, 
You don't have the I, I the, feel MI, good, though. the MDIA multi tool. I, I feel great. All right. I'm playing other we, stuff. You also play a lot of a lot of games too. Like if you buy Destiny with the expectation that this is gonna last you, I don't know. I think you hit those walls. It's like when people tell me, like to play that the Animal Crossing mobile game, like just a little bit at a time, but like everything in the game is screaming at you to yeah. like come back like in five minutes and 20 minutes and 45 minutes like it's just the game does not open itself to you if you're just casually dipping in to talk to the animals or whatever but i i halfway wonder and i think like what ethan was saying before too about the blizzard design and i i think blizzard is enormously influential in in all the wrong ways um people pick up the things from it that you wish they wouldn't and they leave alone the stuff that is actually worthwhile about Blizzard games which I feel is something you see less and less and less um but uh I was gonna say like is it possible to can you imagine a scenario of of just someone just going to a store and just saying oh Destiny I'll buy this and play it and having heard nothing about it and enjoying this thing like it and this kind of speaks to Astrid's piece too, but like, can can you imagine something where this game exists outside of, you know, the the subreddits and the the sorry Ethan <laughs> the Kotaku stories that are updated, you know, and like just every site just hammering on this game and saying, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do, like, how much of this comes from the game itself and how much of it comes from external sources that have bought into to what the creators of this game and their publicists say it is it's a very like nebulous kind of question it's <laughs> probably a bad one and that's why Ed should be hosting <laughs> I, I think to Asher's point like the best content is blocked behind it's in the end game in that the most interesting levels and the ones that have the most interesting modifiers attached to them so they're kind of complex to get through and instead of just shooting stuff until you, your health gets low and then hiding behind a rock you actually have to do other things all that stuff is locked to the end of the game right. for no discernible reason they could introduce a lot of the principles that govern the raid and other and the nightfall and other stuff much earlier in the game and for whatever reason, they don't. Yeah. They just are like, oh, the first 20, 25 hours is just bullshit. Uh, you get up to level 20, and, and then we start tacking on light and all this. Like, it, but, uh, to go to the Reddit for a second, like, I think one of the worst things that ever happened in this game is how clearly how concerned the developers are about what people are saying on Reddit. Uh and it's not just because that that is a small segment of the overall audience, but it's because that stuff is almost always just wrong in terms. Like it's just every time the Reddit gets angry about stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'm also angry about stuff. Like, yeah, that totally. This 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 game has so many problems. And then Bungie comes out with some patch notes about like, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and everyone's like, oh yeah, this is all right, cool. They're going to do these things. I'm like, what? Are you, this is this doesn't address anything. Like, it's still going to be the same exact game. We're going to be back here in another month talking about how there's not enough content, or about how X Gun is o- OP, or just the fact that uh, you know there's I don't know all these little micro issues that don't address the overall thing of how the game still 
most people play this game alone and the game is not optimized to be played alone still and also the fact that with destiny 2 so the tokens that astrid brought up are along with uh the fact that i think the levels like the patrol spaces that you were talking about reed aren't as interesting in that they are more designed they look pretty the sky boxes are great they're better but that masks the fact that the <laughs> levels themselves are kind of they're like these they're ball pens where you or halls of mirrors where you get so lost in the stuff the little like sparkly stuff that you don't realize that you're just mm-hmm. trapped in this really small space where nothing is happening destiny one yeah. didn't have like these great environments but i think it did, oh, but it did feel too, more right? like you were well i think I, th- I think it at least felt more like you were scavenging yeah and yeah yeah you were sort of alone in this vast space. And I think that that gets partly to the original idea that destiny was going to be more about like a survival alien game where it's like, Oh, when you actually finally find another player, it's going to be so cool because now you can finally like go kill this thing that you've had to dance around this entire time because you're just not powerful enough. Like at some yeah. point there was this idea of a destiny game that was all about how you're this very small fish in this huge pond and you're just struggling to survive and like collecting new weapons and stuff just so you can make make your way through the world whereas the actual destiny is like this neoliberal fantasy where uh <laughs> it's like life the game where within the first few turns you're like a doctor making 200 grand uh uh a month or whatever and you've got like the kids in the house and stuff and you're just like yeah. jockeying for position in this very minute strata where just because you know the other person has like this gun with this sweet skin that you don't have you're like oh god i, I, don't know. I gotta play more what am i doing <laughs> i don't know i got off on a, a rant but no no that's it, i i think that's I, I think that's completely <laughs> true like it, it it was a mistake on my part because I know I don't think this is more I think about it to say that Destiny 2 is sort of more of the same because the more I think about it and when I think about these things like no the first one is quite a bit better I th- you know thinking more about these spaces like uh, going around on the moon and everything the moon is the one that sticks out for whatever reason um, probably because it felt so open and alone you know and I, th- I think you see yeah. aspects of that stuff coming through. I think the story kind of works against it in weird ways, uh, except for, like, the opening. Because they took the marketing from the first game, like, the commercials of, uh, you know, freaking Firefly Dude or whatever, and they're like, hey, I think this we should just make a story based around uh, the dude from The Wire doing, like, one-liners. Like, wouldn't that be great? Mm. <laughs> That's... Yeah, the story in this game, I feel like terrible. they... To a greater... Yeah, well, that... <laughs> And also to a greater extent than they did in the first game, you're forced to run through the entire story before you can actually just do what you want, because it's not until the end of the story that you hit level 20 and you can do all the activities. And so yeah, it it's like this weird, because there are certain like public events and stuff you can do during the course of the story, but it's like you're playing a demo of the rest of the game that happens to have like a weird narrative attached to it. Yeah. And so by the time you hit at level 20 and it like quote unquote all opens up, you've like been everywhere and everything just returns to this like stasis of like go back to the tower and talk to these fucking mannequins and 
I don't know. It just it feels so dead by that point. They're like trying to make you go back and like replay missions to get like better stuff, and it's like why it's would you so... ever want to do that? <laughs> the whole thing feels really at odds with itself. Like you, you, you talk about that, yeah. it, it does feel like you've finished the demo or something. You know the. I think they probably thought about you know. Well, I shouldn't speculate about what they thought about, but the writing comes off in such a way that it it seems like they thought, well, how do you make a very simple story that has some dramatic weight to it out of Destiny? Because obviously people didn't like when we <coughs> said confusing things. Uh, I mean, the story in the first game was told poorly too, but I think it had a certain mystique to the way it was told poorly. Um and, and I think they probably thought, oh, well, this is a story about getting the gang back together, you know? Which is... And and the end of it, like, I felt this enormous disappointment when you go back to the tower at the end. And, you know, it's supposed to be this, this glorious yeah. moment of you know, we've restored everything. But, God, it's such a misunderstanding of... of how to tell a story you know this this game it it feels like if you think about what happened in it it's essentially some stuff and then we went back to normal nothing in this game mattered in any way whatsoever um yeah which i feel like i don't understand like i sort of liked like that earth hub where you're like everyone's like sort of a ragtag group of whoever revolutionaries i don't remember the plot but it felt like a different space and that was kind of cool but yeah when they they bring you back at the end and it's like here we are again and that's like that bit that arrangement of the tower with everyone there is just like frozen in stone for the however long you want to play this game like you've reached stasis and it's yeah yeah it's really weirdly disappointing it's a, it's they somehow made a fucking prologue to the first game. It just it's mind boggling. <laughs> well, maybe they'll make a third game then, and then yeah, maybe, uh, maybe they'll make a third game. They'll make a third game, and then maybe this is uh, illustrating how time is an illusion, and so the first and the second game are happening in chronological order, but also out of time. <laughs> I think it's the tokens thing to give it its due, like. People even on the subreddit know that there's something fucked up about tokens, and it's like, <laughs> well, there's no use. All, all the game had to do was give you some other reward scheme, and instead they're like, oh no, well, like we'll give people tokens, and they can literally just cash them in for loot boxes that will give them random shit. Like in the first game, you could buy what you wanted. Like there is right. a good two thirds of the end game items were sold through vendors. And they might not have the best perk rolls or other stuff, but it's like, hey, I can grind through some some missions that, you know, some are more interesting than others, but the gunplay's good, and uh, I'll be with, like, two other people on the strike playlist, and then I can, at the end of the week, I'll have earned enough stuff, and I can go buy whatever hand cannon or assault rifle I want, or, like, this special helmet or other stuff. And they've slowly, yeah. they slowly, in the first game, made that less relevant to now it's not even in the second game, and instead, it's literally just you collect. You're you're in. I was at all right. 
break for a second. I was at Wildwood, Jersey Shore, Northeast Coast over the, over the summer, um, like I do most <laughs> summers. And you know, everyone every time you go to the beach or you go to some other place where there are arcades still, uh, what you realize is how the arcades you imagine or remember from your childhood like don't fucking exist anymore and literally everything is just a ticket machine or a coin machine of some kind where you're just like throwing shit into the the box and then you either get the toy or you get the tickets or you get the coins or you don't um and like destiny has literally become like instead of there being a pac-man machine where you put in a quarter and you play a game and you die or whatever now it's like there are just tokens that you shove in and you're just going to get the same stuff you already have, but hopefully it's a little bit more powerful and you can grind it into dust mm-hmm. and then like slowly uh, rise up. And it just, it's like they, it's just like they somehow found a way to spit in the face of everyone playing the game and yet thought that it was going to be an improvement. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, I guess the token thing really is the, you know, trying to think about the different systems and the token thing really is the maybe the most clear example of, of that kind of I stuff. I think the, oh, there's the token thing. I think honestly, the guns in Destiny Two don't—they're not as interesting or don't feel as good overall and on average as the yeah. first game. Um, and I think also the uh, mission design is a lot less memorable because the focus really is on you just going and doing patrols over and over and public events. So whereas the first game had this these mechanisms for making replaying old story missions with different modifiers and all different difficulties more important, and they yeah. kind of emphasize that. Which, to your point, read about you know could you have a Halo style game in Destiny that didn't emphasize? Oh, yeah. I think they're with that kind I think of stuff. Well, I th- and I think there there's plenty of people who enjoy playing Halo games on the different difficulties and with different rules and stuff and just replaying those same missions over and over because the missions were really interestingly designed. So I think there is room for a game where Bungie is like, we're just going to design the fuck out of a single player campaign (laughs) and we're going to make it so that the missions don't need to necessarily be tied narratively together super tightly because at the end of the day, we're not concerned about telling some great story. We're concerned about people being able to go back and freely replay random ones whenever they choose to earn X rewards or whatever. So I think there's room to do that, but I think part again in Destiny 2, all of those individual missions aren't nearly as interesting and they're kind of just they're just all over the place. Yeah. Like you're almost always in an arena, random stuff's happening, and it's like, okay, uh, we have this modifier in place, so you've got to jump because there's electricity on the floor now, and then you gotta do this other thing. And it just becomes like those terrible JRPG battles where <laughs> There's like a set, you know, know winning the battle becomes you divining what the spreadsheet wants you to do so that at every interval you're doing the correct thing and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I, I can collect my ticket. Yeah. The uh, the boss battles in this game are like insultingly stupid, I think. Like, I, there were no like moments where fighting the boss gave me that feeling of like, wow, me and my friends are like really going up against this tough enemy it was just always like this giant robot just standing there looking at you and like (laughs) this like guy who's under a shield that you have to like dunk an energy ball to shut down and then you continue to shoot him which is i think that is one of the points where you get the clearest indication of uh, i think the problem of trying to jam rpgs into action style games um 
mm-hmm. when you have this, the more focus on the loot, the worse. Um, you know, you have games like Borderlands again, and this is like the key memory that sticks out from Borderlands is like getting to like <laughs> one of the final bosses and playing so much, and at least you could pause Borderlands, but to the point that like just like my finger hurt from holding down the trigger and being like, like what, <laughs> like what the fuck is the point of this? Like, and and there was no test of skill or anything it was at most it's like oh and then this happens and you should hide for five seconds and then come out and yeah that's the destiny thing too and i wonder why like you gotta get away from the numbers sometimes you know i play video games to get away from numbers (laughs) it's the it's the (laughs) true story but like a lot of this stuff makes me think and also like what what Ethan was saying too and talking about like what you know the idea of Destiny was um, where, where you had something that was maybe a bit more evocative of a feeling uh, even if even if it was still kind of like narratively kind of threadbare and as you were talking about that stuff and you are talking about the design of like these token systems and everything and like the, the loops for upgrading your gear and, and just kind of continuing on this, you know, treadmill I think is probably the right word like, is it just done? Like, can you, because I, I don't know if they could make a Destiny 3 that fixed all of these mistakes, you know that that kind of said that kind of said, this stuff has gone too far out of hand we have to like, roll everything back and reconsider this from the ground up like, does yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen I just, I feel like they don't know what, I mean, people like this game, so maybe it's we who do not understand the Destiny experience, but I don't feel like they're going to, like, do any great recalibration. It's like what Ethan said, they're going to be like, now it takes 25,000 experience points instead of 30 to level up and get your fucking light engram. Everyone's going to be like, alright, that's fine, and then they'll just keep playing. Like, the game itself, I think, is only going to get more inexplicable like the decision to like split your loadout into kinetic energy and power weapons is like i just don't understand it because the way i played the first game was with a hand cannon and a shotgun and you can't do that anymore because you can only use like shotguns if you have special ammo and you only whoa, carry whoa, so much whoa. special Astrid, ammo Astrid, and it, it's heavy just ammo, right? heavy ammo <laughs> sorry the ammo that weighs more purple ammo <laughs> Yeah, but they just completely, like... That's one of the systems they did totally revamp, and it's another one of those decisions that sort of, like... I don't understand it from, like, a design level. Like, did they think shotguns were, like, being overused? I guess maybe in the... In PvP, The yeah. well-known Destiny meta, yeah. And so instead of, instead of like, fixing that, they're just like, ah, what if we just, like, screwed the... And so this is a, an interesting argument you could make where uh, I think repeatedly... Bungie has erred on the side of trying to fix PvP issues to the detriment of PvE yeah. stuff. So, like yes. player versus environment or whatever, like there's the co-op team solo stuff you do is always being just kind of fucked with because someone is angry that some weapon does X in in the Crucible or because and uh, you know shotguns are overpowered or whatnot. Whereas like literally. Uh, you know, Wolfenstein 2, best part of that game, the shotgun. 
and in Destiny, one of the best things is running around and shotgunning stuff because it feels great and it, it introduces yeah. this level of risk because you're playing very closely to other enemies that could kill you very easily. And so, you, so it, as opposed to just sniping from afar, it's like it, it creates this completely different dynamic. Or and, and not even just right. the sniping, but uh, as opposed to shooting from behind cover. And I, to Astro's point about the special weapons, so with Destiny 2, yeah, they they basically said all elemental weapons will have to be either special or heavy, and in addition to that, we're going to reproduce all of the kinetic weapons as special types as well, and then all of the actual special weapons from Destiny 1 are going to become heavy weapons that you only get to use sparingly. Uh, which is terrible because one uh, special weapons are just dumb now. Like they're not, they're they don't <laughs> feel as good as kinetic weapons, and also shields no. really don't matter in Destiny Two as much. Mm. I think, yeah, like I think Bungie with the Halo series in particular was good about making it so that you were swapping between different weapons in order to tw- quickly take down different enemies. And I think at Destiny Two, uh, there you know enemies will have sheer shields of certain elements, and to take those shields down quickly, you can use uh, the the matching element type. But as opposed to Destiny One, where like there are some some tough uh, nightfalls or other missions where if you had a fire weapon and you're trying to take down a, a purple void enemy. With, that had a shield, like you were shit out of luck. Like you better hope that your friend can get to you that has this, the right ammo type and can like take down their shield and then you can kill them or whatever. Um, whereas yeah. in Destiny Two, basically, even if you don't have the right matching element type, like if you have a special weapon, it's going to take down their shield. You're going to kill them. And it's like it's no big deal. But they've it, so it both waters it down in that respect, but also it keeps all of the really fun stuff off to the side. Notably sniper rifles and shotguns which were like the two best things to use in destiny one um yeah and i don't know it's just it's inexplicable again because it's like i do they're just oh sorry they're putting this they're gating it and it it's like to your point reed like if you were making a halo game you'd be like we want to find opportunities to let players use this stuff as much as possible because it's fun and in Destiny 2, for whatever reason, they were like, we're going to solve this this inequity or this imbalance that Reddit keeps complaining about and make the game overall just less fun for everyone who's not playing at the highest level. Yeah, which is like, why would you want to? Well, I w- yeah, I wonder then if Destiny is like kind of halfway a, a, a pretty clear indictment of modern triple triple a mainstream video game trends of valuing and implementing customer feedback and and ensuring (laughs) that this game is a game you can play for your entire life you know in the marketing at least yeah yes i would say so and i think the thing i wrote about where like most people are like all too happy to just like ask Bungie what they want them to say about the game although not like specifically but I mean they might as well be like uh, what is the most player friendly thing we can talk about here and like so we'll we'll do like a proto review of the DLC pack that says the story is weird but don't worry we're going to be talking about the game for the next few weeks so just come back tomorrow like there's no one's just like you know this game is like sort of busted and they fucked up a good thing and I don't know if you should like indulge them but maybe destiny is too big to fail well i like yeah that's a 
a joke. You can tell because I laughed at it after. <laughs> but it, it it does feel that way sometimes. You know, the idea of them saying we're gonna make a, a Destiny two, and I I think I think having a, a numbered sequel was their their one shot. I think to uh, you know say here this is the sketch of an idea that we we couldn't quite get to in the first one. And if, if right, yeah, it does. It, impl- it implies. Yeah, that, yeah, and if this is the fuller realization of of what didn't work in the last one, then you know I'd rather just keep playing the the first one forever uh, yeah. as as my daily <clears throat> hobby. Um, but <laughs> I, but are we also just in a space now where if you're going to try to make something like this, like? Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Because this is how your press is going to react to it. This is how your players are going to react to it. And this is what your publisher is going to want out of it. Um, if you're trying to make a game that has these elements in it. Like, th- this is this is the kind of game I think you end up with when... I don't know. I don't, I don't want to turn into some big, you know... <laughs> like, standing on a soapbox talking about the... <laughs> systemic problems and and how games are made and and (laughs) talked about these days but I don't know Destiny feels like that for me and it feels like there's this kernel of something that I I do actually really love in both games I I think sometimes the way they look and the just the shooting and just the way that the enemies behave and everything feels like this this through line since like Marathon of Bungie doing something that no one else really does um but it's it's diluted into something gross here. Not not gross. I don't. Yeah. Sorry. I felt. No, I was no, just gonna say I, I don't want to. You know, I, I don't feel as strongly about this. I feel like this game. I I am always kind of continually interested in why people talk about it so much. Um, when they apparently yeah. hate it so much. And <laughs> and I I don't hate it that much. To me, it's just it's. Uh, the first one and this one are, are both games where it's like there's some super cool stuff in this that I am just I, I can't stick with this it's just too much it's it's not right yeah yeah I don't know I guess that <laughs> I guess that's that <laughs> <laughs> it's not right I guess kind of kind of the last thing what's that sounds like um, there's like a truck Yeah, there's like a Ethan are you... industrial noise. Did Ethan just get abducted by a garbage man? <laughs> Ethan no, just sorry, got uh, uh, okay. Sound level spiked for some reason. Oh, I thought maybe you got stuck in the town from a racehorse. <laughs> <for a sec. laughs> Ethan was having dinner, having a very strange family dinner for those few minutes. <laughs> um, well, I guess. Uh, Kind of the last thing that I wanted to end on, but I don't know if if maybe this is something we covered enough already because I can kind of hear both of your responses <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> but Destiny Three, which will quite likely I would imagine be released in you know, what 2020, 2021. Is that right? Is that is that the um? What's the timeline for the DLC of this game? Is it two packs or three? 
Because uh, I guess that would determine. I assume it's still the same model as the first one. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The, the whole thing feels unsustainable to me. But yeah, the idea of like a a Destiny Four like coming down the pipe well, is like unimaginable. That's what I was gonna say. I was, you know, are are both of you done with this? Now, like, do you feel? I guess like Ethan, you're playing hmm. the Osiris thing, so no, they've, they, I guess they <laughs> just have you forever. Well, I mean, it, so yeah, part of that was like, all right, well, I've invested a hundred and whatever See? hours in this game. I might as well buy the DLC. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, I knew I was going to talk about it and write about it this month. Okay, that's um, different. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe my friend will get on and we can like do the Nightfall or something else together. I, I the thing, the reason why everyone. You know, the perpetual Destiny problem of, oh, there's not enough content comes in part as a credit to them that, like, the I just think the way you move in first person and shoot and double jump and other stuff is just, like, it's not perfect by any means, but it just it overall works so well and no other game really does that. Mm-hmm. Like, no other game mm-hmm. has spaces that are sprawling, that aren't linear, that you can just go around and do whatever and so I like returning to that and I would love to be able to find reasons to do that and when they're not there sometimes I, th- I create them for myself um, so but so like what last night no Friday night I got on and I was like alright I'm going to play Osiris finally uh, and I I hopped on I was literally like oh wow this is why did I ever play Destiny this is atrocious this is like oh just <laughs> terrible the story's terrible the the lines are terrible i don't these these items don't even make any sense i don't even remember what i was grinding towards or like what i'm doing or what number i should be at and i'm not at and by tonight i'm like oh, you know maybe i'll just man, play another couple hours and like maybe i'll like i don't know i'll get that thing and it'll be really cool has uh, talking about what you don't like about destiny 2 uh like reignited your desire to log I back mean, yeah, on that's tonight. why it's like it's like the classic thing of like you're like that thing you quit that bad habit and then all of a sudden you're like talking about like oh yeah man like smoking was terrible like you just had to go to go on these breaks i always smelled like tobacco and it was so expensive and you like and then after an hour of like ranting about it, you're like god i could really use a smoke right now and so it's <laughs> it's like 100 percent like that yeah so what what about you though, Master? So if they if they said here's Destiny three, realistically in your heart of hearts, are are you buying that and putting a substantial amount of your time and mental energy into it? I honestly don't people. know. I feel like part of the reason part of the reason I picked up Destiny two was because I wanted to see like what they would do without. Right. It's like a, this is like a, such a gamery thing to say, but without like the albatross of the last generation consoles. But I wanted to see like what they would, you know, given all the available power to them, like what could they put together? And um, I do think like there's a lot of like impressive, like subtle visual touches to this game. A lot of the lighting and like uh, color timing and stuff that they do is like really cool. But. Um, I don't know if I would play Destiny three. To put, Just, the, I mean, I would. To, yeah. To put I don't the know. point on that, the one of the great ironies of the DLC is 
uh, if you guys don't know, they're basically it's uh, there's like this time gate around there's some fucking space machine that these aliens made that you play you basically can go into and you're playing a simulation of what the past present and future of venus are and so the past is like this super it basically looks like uh no man's sky super verdant and vibrant looking and all and the future is dismal and the sun's gone out and it's just like this uh like what super post-apocalyptic Thing where it's just like the planet's controlled by the robot aliens and there's no life or whatever. Um, oh. And then there's the present or whatever. And the great irony is that those are shown to you during various missions, but they're not actually like you can't patrol them. So this whole idea oh. of like, oh, the DLC is there's Venus is now a new planet and you go there and you do patrols and you can visit these different areas uh, and do different missions. Oh, it's like fucking not even like there. It's like this great. It's 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 just there's something poetic about them almost knowing exactly what people would read into this DLC being or wanting from it, and then being like, oh yeah, no, that's that stuff was just like that's the display in on the street corner. Like that's not actually anything. Don't pay attention <laughs> to that. Because yeah, when you're because they look beautiful, and you're like, oh god, I just want to. I don't even. I don't, I don't even care if there's stuff there to shoot. I just want to like walk around and stuff, and so you can't. Yeah, when you were describing that and and thinking about it, you know, being this time lapse of of you know, God, why why can't they lean into that stuff? You know, the vastness just give of me space. Tree of life. Just give me Destiny Tree of Life. Uh, <laughs> let me just name starring Nathan Fillion. So you're saying that you want, yeah, you want uh, Cade Six to start monologuing about the beauty of Christ <laughs> at the end of this? God, I wish I could kill that robot. <laughs> I I hope Nathan Fillion never never does another. I mean, obviously he's going to, but I just hope he never does another voice for another video game ever fucking again. Um, or Firefly can go fucking die in a hole. God, none of these you, people should ever get work again. What are you talking about? That robot's so sarcastic. He's, that that robot. I will say the voice the voice acting in this game is like noticeably yeah, dumb. It is. I don't know, like the. I remember in the first game, I, like, sort of enjoyed the presence of, like, Lord Shax or whoever. In this one, he just says, like, the same three, like, badly written one-liners over and over. Yeah, I... Like, every time you do something in a match, he's like, Your enemies can't kill if they're <laughs> dead. And you have to hear that, like, 30 times every well, game. And it goes back to, like, I think, one, it shows that uh, Destiny 1 took a long time to put together, and Bungie worked hard on it, and... Uh, <laughs> guess what? You can't deliver that game again in three years uh, while you're also working yeah. on trying to preserve an existing game. And two, they were like, oh, like, let's look at the Shaxx memes. Like, oh, people love it when he gets crazy. What if we just, like, amp that meter up a bit? And, like, it's just kind of like, well, like yeah. right, let's go to the this, the Shaxx machine and let's optimize <laughs> the, Shaxx the Shaxx. knobs to give people what they want. And it's like, oh, God, you fucking... Well, that's all the all the main... You know your tower people, like uh, like uh, yeah. Lieutenant Daniels, is now even more, you know, wise and stoic than he was before, but in a way that's cartoonish. And yeah. I mean, obviously, the worst offender is Kate Six, the Nathan Fillion robot, who is just insufferable in this game. Well, I think his interplay with the the other robot in the game is also like fairly stultifying, because it expects you to like enjoy the presence of. Kate six and like enjoy him getting roasted by another robot and it's just like 
you mostly I just wanted to like mute their voices. Yeah. Because it's all like warmed over portal well, like banter I, and stuff. I mean all of it is just it goes right back to it. It's it's you know, the the beginning of the end was when they took out Dinklage and, and redid him with uh not Troy Baker, with Nolan North. Um <laughs> Yeah, to to bring him in line with the uh I don't even know the standards of the destiny storytelling and it's it's just uh, what do you have to be to look at the game and be like you know what we need to fix fucking peter dinklage's voice that's the problem <laughs> that's why people aren't staying hooked on this he wasn't trying hard enough okay but <sighs> crazy yeah there was there was something to that first game that's, that's lost in this one um everything is very ironed out and it, it feels like a saturday morning cartoon but not in a not in a fun way you know the the red legion guys yeah. who are in the beginning of the game when it picks up your guardian by the neck and like th- throws her to the ground and it's like you know this thing's monologuing and it's just you're a giant toad man wearing you know like <laughs> it looks like fucking plastic armor and it's just you can't take any of this stuff seriously and the first game felt like it kind of knew that but also thought how how silly is this stuff on its face also let's make it like it's like you know this creation myth story like told in these like like an epic poem or something every time you learn something about like you know the robot with two guns on its shoulders dude fucking genesis tells a like an infinitely better story than this fucking destiny game wait the, like, the book of genesis the bible just or, go read it yeah just fucking or, or if you actually want to yeah just go read a creation story i thought maybe it's, you were like, calling the first destiny genesis <laughs> <laughs> and this one's exodus for we're gonna leave. Exodus for my wallet. Uh, my, my hard-earned gamer dollars. <laughs> Sorry, what were you gonna say, Ethan, about the, reading the, the Bible? Easy, look, so like one of the one of the easiest things to do in like, I mean, I guess there's B movies, and I feel like in you know, relative to them, there should be like C games or something. But like, whatever the lower tier of game is, like the easiest move to pull off is just to make the person you trusted or like the person feeding you missions and shit like oh actually they betrayed me and they were like an enemy and now i have to fight them um yeah and it's like even that was like that would have like blown destiny's mind if they were like what if the reason why all these like red legion people were able to blow up the tower was because they had an inside person or something or like you know the (laughs) ai on this that's crash landed on this planet forever what if in the end she's actually just fucking with you and you have to fight her because you know that would kind of make sense like just anytime there's an interesting move that's just like slightly like different or like weird they're like that'd be too much man that's just we gotta focus on the loot we gotta focus on you know (laughs) on your fire team like having fun with your bros it's like oh god yeah all those cutscenes with the big like turtle guy they like get introduced every time with like that logo that pops up they're like oh we're going back here so that you know exactly when to like skip them yeah, yeah, it's because they're the like interminable. B- BDSM torture chamber with the traveler. His right hand man, who is even more. Yeah, fucking Dark Knight Rises Bane would have been like a better villain. Well, there's. Somehow. Yeah, because that's actually. I mean, actually, fuck it, they're the same guy, but like. No, no. That's. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises Bane is, is a lot of fun and enjoyable to listen to. Um, so, I guess the final verdict is, I like this more than you, 
Ethan thinks you should uh, watch Terrence Malick movies, late Terrence Malick movies, and read the Bible. <laughs> Only the Old Testament, though, apparently. <laughs> Never. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are there, are there any final thoughts on this? I feel like there's more stuff to talk about. I feel like this, this got more of a... I, I kind of thought about going into this being like, you know, I gotta explain what I like about Destiny. But maybe that's just kind of drowned out over time, you know? I'm ready to hear it. I mean, the, <laughs> no, no, I don't... Yeah, I think the shooting is good. There's just not a lot You're to right say about The shooting it. is good, maybe. and it provides... No. The shooting gives me that, like, moment-to-moment hook that I need to, like, do whatever they want me to do. But it does wear on you, I think. What What gun do you mean, Astrid? I've got the... Oh, I finally... I did that multi-tool quest, which was, like shoot people while jumping or whatever so i got the weapon and i use i use that and the martyrs make i think most of the time it's, it's what's the martyrs it's pronounced the, mar- uh, makers it's an auto rifle oh, right. <laughs> hey, i feel like the auto like... rifles in this game are like easy oh yeah no, they, they buffed them a lot because the ones in the first game yeah. sucked and now they're just like they're just it's they're dumb but also like i i love <laughs> the the Maya tool because it's like okay here's this game everyone can get this weapon and it's the best weapon and we're gonna have a ton of other weapons but there's no reason to use them because this is the best one it's like what the fuck like yeah like, right yeah how did you not I don't know Ethan yeah like everyone this is the uses part where it incoherent because I'm just like that fucking <laughs> uncle on the lazy boy just like ah. <laughs> that's <laughs> I was president oh my gosh <laughs> except you're talking about why they implemented a token system. <laughs> instead, yeah, and why the why there are bright engrams instead of just <laughs> discrete level ups. Ethan, what is your what is your gun? What class? What class do you play? Let's let's reveal a little bit about ourselves. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about how meaningless the class system is. Ethan was sort of skirting the point that the classes are just like you pick what power yeah. you want to use like once every five minutes. Like on on my dream list was like oh there's gonna be. One, they're going to introduce a new class. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go down the like tired list of Destiny Two problems, there was no new enemy faction. Yes. There was no new class. Like, there's just yeah. all these things in which they yeah. they were like, "We're going to make you buy a new game because I don't know." Behind the scenes, we fucked up the engine on the first game so bad that we really needed to recreate it because <laughs> otherwise, we can't push out updates that make sense and we can't fucking do multiplayer <laughs> that makes sense. So we're going to make you buy this entire new game that nerfs a whole bunch of the shit that we fixed with the first one. Uh, and also doesn't include anything new, um, except the the, right. the visuals look better, which they definitely do. And then you get um, chumps like Astrid being like, now they're not held back by the 360 and the PS3. <laughs> <laughs> She's rushing out to throw fucking 60. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. My PS4 Pro pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You fight the same fucking enemies in this game, and it gets so. I never felt like there was any any point at which I like realized who I was shooting. It was always just like they did, enemies. Yeah. Like I wasn't like, oh, time to face off with some cabal. They also took away my favorite. So in the first game, I mained uh, war. I mean, I'm a soul warlock, but it was always the fire bird warlock or whatever. Because the <laughs> coolest ability was that you could self res in the first game. It was like, okay, oh, you have your yeah. super up, and then you can just bring yourself back to life. So if everyone else is dead, you're like, oh, wait, I'm going to save the day. Or I just like, I don't know, just keep this weird option open. They got rid of that with this game, 
And so now you just, like everyone else, you just throw balls of energy at enemies, and it's... Uh, I, mm-hmm. I play as a titan, and it's pretty much the same. Except I... It's... it's uh, I don't know, the abilities are... It feels like they're... Do you ever use the shield? Uh, no, never. It's. I wish I, there was an option just to take it off the HUD, because it's useless. And every time I've tried to use it... it but you can't shoot through the fucking shield. Well, you can shield. pop up oh from behind God. it, but like that's not... When you're playing yeah. as a titan, you're supposed to run out there and punch him. You know? You're supposed to jump around and... I don't know. God. I'm going to go on... And you, But you could see them You could see them inching in the MMO direction, because they added... What, so what they did do with Destiny 2 was they added the, the circle ability, uh, which yeah. is basically like you create an aura. I don't know what it does on the other classes, but with Warlock, you can either do a damage buff or a healing buff. And so it's like very clearly like, okay, the most... Uh, streamlined distilled MMO thing of either making my friends do more damage or keeping them alive like that's that's a new ability you can do uh, mm-hmm. but instead of making it more widespread where it's like okay what if uh, I trigger my ultimate ability it, I don't it's it's they could have looked at overwatch and looked at how a lot of those supers interact with the, the rest of the team and also the enemy team and they could have looked at and said, "Hey, well, what if we let the warlock do, you know, something like Symmetra's stuff, or uh, let, you know, literally, uh, I what's the shield guy in Overwatch? Reinhardt. Reinhardt. They should, they could just been like, okay, what if we made a Titan that was like Reinhardt, and it yeah. fucking would have made the game a million times better. You used to have those, and it's the same, the same, you know, who published the game, Activision Blizzard. I don't know, it's just amazing. Wait, are you saying are you saying follow the right, money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that too big to fail? Follow the money. <laughs> we are the ninety nine percent. Yeah, but the you never feel like equipped to like work as a team, except on the level of like you're all shooting the same thing. I, I like there's just no interaction between the classes or the powers. Really, Astra, have you played the raid? I've not played the raid. Have you? I guess that's probably where all the stuff is, where you're like, you stand on this button, I, I, and I'll no, stand I, on that I'm button. I'm strongly in the camp of, I think the raids are fucking bullshit. Okay, good. Because, yeah, I played some of the one in the first one, and it, it seemed to, like, really force that, like, you go over there, I'll go over here, like, we'll all stand on these platforms until we the open the door. The raid literally just replicates all of the dumb work hierarchies, where I'm like, okay, yeah, like, either you tell me what to do, or I have to, like, stick my neck out and be like, I'm gonna tell you what to do, and, like, everyone has their little <laughs> micro job, and it's just... It's like, a, again, we found, we introduced this sort of keeping up with the Joneses stuff, with the items, and now we're going to introduce that dumb middle manager boss guy who thinks he's so much better than he is, and is like, you know, blaming the wrong people when a, a raid thing goes south, and it's just like, wow, this is terrible. This is not, this isn't, like, fun. And I, I don't like Overwatch a whole lot, but I think, like, I, in the same way that I pry, I praise Dota for what for the kind of Diablo RPG experience it's able to recreate in a 30 to 45 minute time span I think it's very easy to look at you know a 5 to 10 minute Overwatch match and be like look at the the shooting encounter that it creates right somehow with like you know random people and like how can you not take some part of that and recapture it because even in Overwatch like there's and unless you're playing at the highest levels like 
it's still very organic the roles you take on and how you respond and adapt to situations it's not like okay here's somebody calling out what everyone does and when they do it and it just becomes a sort of rote like annoying mess so did you do the destiny 2 road ethan i i did but i never actually beat it because we spent like 10 hours and kept failing oh come on Jesus how Christ. like how do you that's the last oh, that's I, the I, la- I wish i oh i, I wish i knew this is there's 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 platforming parts to the raid that make that even if you figure out all the shooting stuff you can still just uh so there's in the raid if you don't know there are fail conditions where specifically in the new raid if one person dies and you don't pick them if you don't revive them within 30 seconds you all wipe you all lose automatically and also everyone only has one revive so everyone is stationed in different areas doing different stuff and on on the very end actually in like different dimensions so if someone on one of the dimensions dies and the people in that dimension don't have any revives left then like you can't do anything about it because in order to get to that dimension you'd have to kill yourself but then when you popped up on that other side there wouldn't be anyone there to revive you because you're the one who has the revive it's just like weird shit like that where it's super complicated and people think that this like minotaur's labyrinth is somehow this ingenious like level design but it ends up not being fun because there's no room for improvisation yeah which has always been the thing that I think in in bungee games when you get a bunch of people playing together is kind of the point the joy of it of I don't know yeah I I mean I think Destiny the first one as well is hostile toward people who want to do other things with their evenings other than play Destiny so as as much as I'd be curious to try the raid you tell me you played 10 hours of it and didn't finish it and it's just I how like you have to be like praying at the church of destiny every sunday i guess to like be able to do that it's just it's too well part of that comes from like you know after an hour and a half someone's like yo i got a fucking life i gotta leave oh and so someone else pops on and you gotta explain to this new person how it all works but if you're like a nice decent person you're not like yo shithead listen to me do do a b and c don't fuck it up blah 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 so everyone's just like okay yeah like you've done you have you done this before like oh yeah i've kind of i've seen it online i've done whatever and and so you know you spend an hour and a half just like trying to do something when clearly everyone's not on the same page because everyone's too nice to to speak up and that's where and that's why it's not that like people shouldn't be too nice to speak up it's that there's this incentive structure within the raid which is just very hostile to groups of people that want to be nice and have fun together and not immediately break things down into like, you know, a fucking Vietnam platoon. Like that's I'm not I'm not looking to do that. Like I want I want to have you know, again and and like Overwatch is an example of a game that doesn't force you to do that. You can go log on and play competitive matches with other people and have fun not doing that kind of thing. But Destiny's like no, you're you're going to organize yourself uh, like a military unit, whether you like it or not, to play the best quote unquote the best stuff in the game. Okay, so that's. Yeah, that's that then. Wow, Ethan, you may have convinced me. I like Destiny Two a lot less than I thought I did <laughs> over, over the course of this. Wait, so you're not going to so play Curses with me? <laughs> See, this is a problem too. 
This is this was like Ethan and I played some of Destiny One together, and it was just all this fetching about all this different stuff, and then you're like six months later, like why aren't you playing it still? I'm like, well, <laughs> I haven't really been enticed. Um. Anyway, I I think we should probably wrap up because we've already gone long. I think we're we're well into our raid yeah. content now. Into our this this is for <laughs> the truly committed bullet points listeners who <laughs> have reached level twenty and just want to just want to keep going. Want to hear how much Ethan will throw at them? <laughs> I'm sorry. One last thing. So Curses of Osiris boosts the level cap to twenty five. I do not know why. Okay. I don't I don't know. I'm in. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. I'm in. I'm in, baby. I want to see that number get bigger now. Yeah, what does that even what does that even mean? Cuz like the normal levels are just like I don't remember what you get for leveling up. You get a that skill number. Point, and then you can equip stuff. That's That's Oh yeah. So do they add more stuff to compensate for that or Oh. Okay. That's Silly. Cool. Silly stuff. <laughs> That's sort of like the Destiny experience at its heart, I think, because like they made the number like bigger. Why? It's like, oh. And that in itself is a reward. Yeah. That is yeah. the point. Yeah. Which I'm opposed to. I still think there's. Whatever. I don't want to reiterate stuff and end up talking about Destiny <laughs> for like three hours. Destiny three hours. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I guess that's I guess that's about it. I think we've we've maybe run the gamut. We've defeated the nightfall. We've um, we become we've, legend. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I was was grasping around for one of them like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's 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 our podcast. That's our Destiny Two podcast. Um, if you pay uh, $20, we will release a shorter one. We'll get Ethan back and give you some more content to uh, consume. But otherwise, that's going to do it. Uh, great synergy here um, with this podcast episode all about Destiny 2 and on our sister site, which is pretty much the same site, let's be honest, bulletpointsmonthly.com. Uh, we are doing December four articles on Destiny 2, um, including one by uh, this this young up-and-comer I heard of named Ethan uh, Gack, is how is how I think <laughs> it's pronounced, right? That's correct. That's it's, there we go. What a, <laughs> what a gentleman. Um, yeah, so we have we have that going on. We uh, by the time this goes up, I think there will be two. I think it'll be Astrid and I's uh, will be up. And then we'll have uh, two more on that. And yeah. then um, uh, going into the new year, we've started preparing some stuff for that. So I think we can say with certainty that we're doing uh, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Um, so we'll have, we'll have four oh, articles yeah. on that. I think most of us are playing and writing about it as we speak so that we don't have to in January. Um yeah. And and I think that's about it. We'll have uh, uh, we'll have another podcast. I think maybe something slightly different for the end of the year, uh, as we did last year, and then come back in January and just let's just start this whole thing over again. What do you say, Aston? <laughs> you want you want to just you want to just keep the cycle churning? Yeah, I think next year we're gonna get um, 
some good games released in store. You think so? Excited. Yeah, I'm excited for some new games to which, come out. Which game are you most excited for? <sighs> I actually don't know what's coming out next year at all. <laughs> There's like some Wolfenstein DLC is like the only thing on my calendar. I guess, like, a bunch of, like, shit they've talked about at, like, PSX or whatever will eventually be released. I don't think they... I don't have much hype going right now. I need to stoke the, uh, stoke this the is, hype uh, for This is, the most dangerous state for a, uh, hashtag gamer to be in, is when the hype, the hype flames die down and only, yeah. you know, these little embers are left. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, speaking of next year as well, uh, <laughs> get existential and say if you want us to continue, uh, doing the podcast and the site... Um, check out our Patreon. Um, oh yeah, that that Patreon yeah. stuff is is shitty. Uh, these changes that the time we're recording this, they were just talking about that a few days ago uh, about changing the way they bill patrons. Um, but uh, God, I sure hope people stick with us. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish there was a way that we could, <laughs> you know, offer an alternative or something. If it's a big enough deal, I know uh, it's a it's really stupid and baffling why they would just make things harder for everyone <laughs> but here we are yeah. well it's like anyone yeah anyone like us who's not making like 30k a month or whatever is pretty much shafted so maybe just paypal us directly the amount that you feel comfortable D- with. well don't don't suggest that, do that because then they're just gonna like <laughs> what are you just gonna slap your paypal up there and be like i'm i'm the treasure yeah. <laughs> i didn't tell anyone <laughs> Um, but if, I don't know, if you can, for the time being, who knows if this will change in, in the months to come, or who knows if, uh, maybe Patreon will do some, one of those beautiful corporate, uh, reverses if, if this affects their bottom line enough, but for the time being, we're still on Patreon, so that's patreon.com slash bullet points, um, and kicking into that, or if you, uh, don't have the money, uh, just sharing the link and, and telling people and sharing the articles as well. Uh, allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I think that's right. it. So, I have been joined by Ethan Gatch. Ethan, what should people do to find your work? Uh, to find my work, they should go to uh, Kotaku in Action uh, <laughs> Reddit.com. You should just uh, Control F, search for my name. Uh, otherwise, they can go to Twitter. Um, backslash Ethan Gatch, G-A-C-H, and uh, they can see uh, me complain about uh, dumb libs. And uh, definitely subscribe to this podcast and pay bullet points. I do, as a number one fan. Uh, that's why they had me on this episode this month. That's true. And, uh, <laughs> they deserve your money and your support. and it's awesome. Thanks, Ethan. If everyone was a contributor and a patron like you, <laughs> if all, if all. What you what you gotta do is you gotta stoke you gotta you know poke the eye of some gamergate person and uh, you know get the get the backlash backlash funding campaign going. Oh God, well like, yeah, oh, we're under attack. Yeah. Come and give us money. That's a good point. Well, maybe having you on here, <laughs> with, uh, well, and with the Wolfenstein month, you can probably get it then. Uh, you, you'd be surprised how little people care what we have to say um <laughs> uh, pewdiepie's hated ethan catch on this episode so maybe that'll <laughs> thinking of that now maybe that'll ignite a controversy um 
Astrid, where can people find you other than on your uh, very long deep freeze page? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at Hastapura. And that's pretty much all I do at this point. I'm out of this game. I'm fucking done. I work at a cafe, so come to Tampa and I'll serve you some coffee. Otherwise, not interested in the take economy. Leave me alone. Wow. How's that? Strong, strong words, <laughs> I guess, for isolating ourselves <laughs> to the middle of nowhere. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Reed McCarter. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I post links to stuff I do on there. Um, otherwise, I think... We're all, I guess, yeah, bullet points. We're on bullet points, we're too. On, yeah, so. bulletpointsmonthly.com. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to do it. That's our show. Uh, unless in the editing here, we're just going to repeat bulletpointsmonthly.com over and over as you sleep. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ethan, for coming on. Thank you both for having me. <laughs>